The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Introvert's Edge. And I'm ecstatic to introduce to you our guest today, Ryan Dice, who is not only the founder and CEO of Digital Marketer, but also the founder of the Traffic and Conversion Summit. So for any of those introverts out there that are thinking, hey, you know, I definitely can't speak from stage, I think Ryan's gonna add some unbelievable value about hosting a crazy size conference and how he copes with things that you would normally assume that an introvert just wouldn't do. So Ryan, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, bringing up this important topic. I think it's good for everybody to, to go out there and, and, and acknowledge, uh, you know, our strengths and our weaknesses and what that means for us moving forward. So, Everybody that sees you, that I know, talks about you as that extroverted person that they wish that they had that skill set, that they could just get up and so comfortably be on stage and just be in their own space. And I remember we were talking, I think it was at the Wizard Academy where you mentioned, you know, you know, I'm an introvert and, you know, that's why, you know, I've got great people that try and handle a lot of those things so I don't have to do it all the time. But you just come across as so natural. But before we get to that, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story, some mild beginnings, because, you know, I heard it at Small Business Festival. It's such an amazing story. I'd love to hear sort of where you came from and how you got to where you were and how introversion played some perhaps some barriers and some success factors in that. Sure, I mean, and, and I can speak to some, some things that maybe I haven't talked about as much uh, before that may uh, resonate more with the people that are watching it that are like us, right? So um, I, I started my very first online business in 1999. Uh, I wanted to make some extra money. And um, at the time, you know, you think about 1999, those of you who were around then and, and, and adults then, it seems like a lot of the people working for me today were still in diapers in 1999. But um, if you weren't, then you know, I mean, the, the dot-com boom was, was it. And, and lots of people, certainly I, I was going to school at the University of Texas in Austin. Um, Dell was, this was in the middle of like their, you know, dude, you're getting a Dell campaign. So everybody knew Dell and in around Austin, everybody knew Dell Computer Company and heard Mike, Michael Dell's story and how he, you know, got all this money. So there was this entrepreneurial fervor and this entrepreneurial energy around that. And, uh, and, and so I wanted, a, I wanted a piece of it. I wanted a part of it. And uh, I originally... Uh, decided that I was going to um, be a web designer because that I figured, hey, all these people are going to need websites, so I can figure out how to do that, and I'll market myself as a web designer. I I wasn't very successful at that because I wasn't very successful at marketing um, myself, and so I actually turned that web design business into an email list. And I said, I'm gonna, you know, instead of trying to do web design, I'm I'm going to instead um, I'm gonna instead start this little newsletter, this email newsletter, where I'm gonna, uh, you know post a, an email every single week for other designers like me, even though I'd never really done it. Um, and so that was kind of my first foray into, into online marketing and, and building a list. And I eventually, you know, offered them different products and services. One of my first successes was actually my only web design client that I ever had. And this person wasn't able to pay me, but uh, this particular lady was a lactation consultant. And um, so did a lot of work with uh, nursing moms. And one of the things that she needed help with was building a website to sell her services. So I helped with that. And then she said, can you help me, um, 
you know, create a product that I could sell to them after they're no longer nursing their kids. We created this product on how to make your own baby food and um, helped to produce that. When she couldn't pay me, she gave me that product. And, and literally one of the first products that I ever sold online was um, a product on how to make your own baby food. But if, if I were to think back on it, so much of, of my, the, the choices that I made in terms of, of business, and they benefited us mightily, but it's not like they were that strategic. It's not like I said, okay, the web is going to be this big thing. You need to figure that out. It really came out of not wanting to talk to people. You know, I loved the idea of being able to start this business where I could be in my dorm room or my college, you know, apartment, and I could be selling things to people all over the world and never have to really engage face to face. And it sort of, it was fortunate that I was born in the time that I was born in all of us, right? Where we can do that. We do have the ability to do that. Uh, and gosh, I was in this making hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales while I was in college, uh, having never spoken uh, to any of my customers except via email. And even when I did that, I did it under, you know, a pseudonym. I didn't use my, my real name. So um, it was pretty powerful. I don't know if I had been born, you know, 30 years prior, if I would have been as entrepreneurial, because I think that meant a very different thing than that it means today. But uh, that was where I got my start. And, and, you know, went from selling that one book on how to make your own baby food to selling tons of little eBooks and pieces of software to launching multiple e-commerce and, and media companies. to um, here we are today. So it's been a good ride. Well, thanks for sharing that, Ryan. I think one of the, the things that always, the thing that astounds me about you is how many companies you now run and have a management uh, piece in. And I, I think a lot of people think that as an introvert, you can't be a great leader and you can't run a great company. And you know, I've, I've been to your office in Austin and I've seen the, you have some amazing people that work there and they all love working for your organization. And I know that in all the organizations you're part of, you create a really strong culture. And I, th I think I'd really love for you just to share how you've sort of created that culture and, and how you use your introversion as a, as a strength rather than feeling like it's something that you shouldn't be doing. For me, what I found is that, you know, the act of ongoing management, you know, which is a lot of following up with people uh, was always very difficult for me. Um, so as long as we kept our company very entrepreneurial and as long as the people that were reporting to me um, were people that I could say, okay, here's, here's what we should do. You know, this is the objective. So I can get a very small team in a room and I have, I have no problem saying, you know, writing on a whiteboard and, and planning out, okay, this is where we need to go. But I knew that I needed to surround myself with people who really loved people and they got their energy from other people. And so they would then take that message. They would take those ideas and they would go leverage human beings to get it done. I was never going to be the person that was going to be able to, um, to manage a large team, but I could lead a large team if I had really solid people, people below me. Um, if I had those people that, that were on my team that, that when I talked to them, um, they knew what to do and they weren't afraid to go and work, work with the team to get it done, then it was going to be fine. Cause I never have a problem working with a handful of people. Um, it's, it's when, you know, it gets into lots and lots and lots of people that it gets a little more, it gets a little more tricky. And just for me, it's difficult and, and, um, and it's exhausting, you know, to, to follow people and to sit in, in meetings with lots and lots of, of folks. But if I can always have a core team around me who they get me and, uh, and they'll tolerate me. And then when I say, okay, here's what we're going to do, they'll take it and run with it. Then they go. So, so right now I have four direct reports um, in a company with over a hundred employees. And so it's, 
it's not so hard to do it if you do it that way. I think the mistake that a lot of that a lot of introvert, introverts might make is they'll they won't identify leadership and management are two different things, and uh, management can be very difficult um, if you know if if you're an introvert. It can be it can be and it doesn't mean that introverts can't be made to be great managers. There's lots of things that I do that I don't necessarily enjoy, but we need to get them done, right? So I mean, it, we never want to be a slave to our you know default settings. But, um, but I, I never want to stay in that management role where I know that I'm going to need to be, you know, doing follow up with you know, lots and lots of people all the time, because it's just very difficult. I think that's a really good thing for people to know, because I think that a lot of introverts that are growing, they, they say, all right, well, I need to start managing my team where you said, what I need to do is go and find my core people that are going to help me manage my team. What, would, what did you look for? I mean, let's say, let's go back to when you were looking for your first core person. What were the qualities that you looked for? And what are the qualities in the people that you look for now to be part of that, that group of four? Yeah, I mean, it needs to be someone who um, is, they can't be a micromanager. Um, they need to be someone who does work and, and they enjoy passing their knowledge down to others and they enjoy seeing other people win. So I like looking for people who, when they're managing a small team or when they're in a group, they, they want to give credit to others on the team. That's definitely one of the things that, that I look for. Uh, an, an enormous level of, of just organizational abilities, right? I mean, these are people who, they don't brag about their inboxes, you know, having hundreds and thousands of, of unread emails. These are people who generally, um, they're great at follow-up. Uh, I know for me, I'm not that great at follow-up and, it, and it's not because I'm just, you know, and, and it's not because I want to be like rude or disorganized or it's not like a, a diva thing. It's that I just don't, I don't like it. I know if I follow up and we get into a conversation, then it's going to, you know, it's going to keep on going. And generally I, I want to hang out and read and, you know, come up with ideas. Right. So to find somebody who is really phenomenal at follow up, um, when I see that and when I see them, you know, willing to give credit to other people on their team uh, and they're obviously competent in the field that we're working in, then I know that that's, that's going to be somebody that's a, a pretty good um, match for me. Somebody who's going to be uh, somebody that I can definitely work with. That's great, Ryan. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I think a lot of introverts really struggle to find those core people. So I, I think looking for those, those specific qualities would be really, really helpful. Well, and they're also, I should say, they're going to be people that are, that are going to irritate the crap out of you. Um, so they're <laughs> going to be the people who, you know, when you go, if you, like, I know that it, I've got these people on my team and, and we go to a, you know, a, a networking type function and they're the ones that are going around talking to everybody, trying to you know, loop me into conversations and I hate it. So I know that's exactly who I need, you know, in that role. So it's forcing you to do things that you don't want to do, but things that are helpful to you. Yeah. And they're willing to do and they actually enjoy the things that you don't like to do. So often when we're hiring, we hire people that we like, which means they're a lot like us because we're intensely arrogant and selfish as human beings, right? So if you find yourself really, really liking someone a lot, if you're like, oh my God, they remind me so much of me, that's probably not the person um, that you're going to want because, you're going to say like, oh, hey, what do you say we just, you know, huddle up and work on this together? And, and they're going to be like, oh my God, it's a freaking great idea. And they're never going to leave that cave and go out there and get the work done with other people. That's brilliant. And it's, it's funny, I've had a lot of introvert, extrovert teams that, you know, have had really successful companies because they understand that about each other. And the extrovert will push them out to do extroverted activities. But the introvert will say, hang on a second, we really need to think about this before we step out. And it creates such a great dynamic. So it's really amazing that you've managed to create that in a, a staff dynamic. And the fact that you're also humble enough to, 
to take the lead of those people that you've hired to make sure that you end up in the conversations you need to? I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I mentioned this before, um, I see whether you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, that's your default setting. You're not a slave to it. You know, so people ask me all the time, like, oh, I can't believe that, that you're able to go out there and speak and do all these things. I mean, I want the end result. You know, something has to be, has to be better than that. It, now, as we grow and as we scale, I want to arrange things so that, you know, I can get through it more easily. But in the beginning, look, I'll do whatever I have to do um, to make that thing happen. Uh, and, and I think that everybody needs, and if there's one bit of encouragement that I could give to my introvert friends out there, it's like, acknowledge it, but you don't get to use that as an excuse necessarily. You acknowledge it so that you can say, oh, that's why this is hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean that you are absolved from having to do it. So yeah, I mean, it irritates the crap out of me when we go to a meeting and one of my more extroverted people like, oh, I want you to meet this person. I'm like, but I know they're right. And so um, as long as you keep what are your bigger goals in mind and you recognize that, that it takes all, it takes all flavors uh, to, get, to get it done, then uh, you, know, you kind of get over yourself pretty quickly. Or you don't get the thing that you want and you just become a bitter, worthless human being. I don't want that as an, as an option. So, Yeah, that's the last thing you want to be remembered for, I think. So yeah, no, great advice. I want to transition for a second because you talked about writing blogs and you know a lot of what you talked about is, you know, I, use, I created great content, I created an email list, I sold without ever speaking to people. The world's changed a little bit these days. And, you know, I was, I was talking through, Dell is one of our sponsors for Small Business Festival, and they were talking about how they created all this great written content, and then they realized the world's gone video. And you and I are very private people. Like, you have your family, and you've got your proper family time, and you'll go and you, a lot of your life is, is behind closed doors. And then you go out to events that you're dragged along to and told that you need to meet specific people. And now the world's video and you've got to get in front of a camera more frequently. And I mean, this is a great example. This is a, a video production rather than just an audio or just, could I get you to write a blog post and contribute it to the website? How have you found coping with that? And what strategies have you used? And for people that have to get in front of video now. Is it something they have to do or is it something they can choose to do? What would you suggest? Somebody in your company is going to need to be out and, and they're going to need to be the face of that company. And um, if I had it to do all over again and you know, all things being equal, I would, have, I would have much rather somebody else been the face of digital marketer and I was just the person behind the scenes, but that's not how it worked out. Um, you know, I was the one that, that needed to be out there in the beginning because I was the only one that was there. So it made sense that I would be the, the person that was there. And then once it's done, there's no going back, you know? So I just accept what it is like, do I enjoy it? You know, no, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy being on all the videos and things like that, that, that digital marketer puts out. And that's why I've, I've sought to really build more of a company brand as opposed to a personal brand. You know, so we're digital marketer. We're not ryandice.com. I don't even know what's at ryandice.com. Um, and I've very, I've been very, very, um, you know, particular and, and very deliberate about building digital marketer as a brand and about highlighting other people on the team who are more extroverted and who like being on camera. And so I can say, Hey, you want to learn about Facebook ads? Talk to Molly. You want to learn about, you know, conversion rate optimization and, and testing, you know, here's Justin, you know, and here's sales, you know, talk to, you know, talk to Marcus. Uh, I'll even drag, you know, Richard Lindner up from time to time to talk about email stuff, but he's an introvert like me. So that doesn't, that doesn't get very far. Right. So, um, so a lot of it is building a team. I'll tell you, if you're going to be both an introvert and you're going to be a micromanager and you're going to be 
kind of so arrogant that everything has to be about you, I don't see how you get through life without being miserable. Um, because everything inside of you is not going to want to do the things that you feel like you have to do for whatever reason. Um, but I have no problem highlighting other people on the team and having them be on camera. I also, while I may not enjoy it, have no problem being on camera if that means that that's what it takes to grow the company and to be successful. Also, I don't so much mind, you know, being on, being on camera it, to me, isn't that, isn't that big a deal? Cause it's still, you know, it's just us talking right now. I can kind of psych myself out of it. Um, even being on a stage in front of a lot of people, if I have a rear, you know, backstage entrance and exit, uh, even that's okay because there's a clear kind of wall, like a separation type thing. Um, speaking in front of a room of 20, 30 people, that's way harder for me than speaking in a room of two, three, four, five thousand. 5,000, you know, funny enough. So I think part of the reason that I've, you know, even the event is structured the way that it is, um, is because I, I try to build things to where they're going to be most comfortable, but my desire is to end up there. I'm never going to say, well, because I don't like this, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what needs to get done, uh, whether it's shooting a video, whether it's, you know, leading a meeting, you know, with, you know, at the company, I'm going to do what needs to get done. But as soon as it works, one of the perks of success is then you get to make your own rules. So then I'm going to change things a little bit and try to make it to where it is easier for me. Yeah, definitely. I think that you've managed to start to put other people in control of different elements of your business and it hasn't had negative side effects in a lot of ways and but I also know that a lot of people want their own piece of Ryan and they're they're still trying to jump past those people to try and get to you so in the in the second session I'm really looking forward to hearing some of the strategies on how you how you cope with that and also how you kind of go through the, the structure, because you know, speaking to you privately, I, I know that you have some strategies about how you speak at big events and, and you're okay with that. And I'm looking forward, because I've had a lot of other people give their strategies and I know that yours is very different. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. So for everyone who's watching right now, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing this session with us. I hope you've got some great value uh, from Ryan and I'm sure you've got some great value out of Ryan. And to watch session two, make sure you go to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash Ryan and you'll be able to access that video as well and if you're really enjoying this segment please go to iTunes and post a review and subscribe so that more great introverts like yourself get to learn these skills that allow them to be successful in both business and in life but thank you for joining us and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode cheers I'm on a mission to empower introverts to be proud of who we are introverts have had to deal with the stigma that we just can't be as successful in business or in sales as our extroverted counterparts. We're different and we need to embrace that. I instinctively shied away from sales. I didn't want to be a salesperson. My closing ratio has gone from 15% up to close to 80%. We nearly quadrupled the number of meetings set with clients. Your book was a great revelation to me about me. I've been fortunate to receive some endorsements from some exceptional introverts. They've shared with me how much they resonated with the stories of these real people and how they transformed to being sales masters. It talks about the things that make an introvert successful. Every book was written for extroverts and there needed to be something for us. Get your copy of The Introvert's Edge today.